Hello and welcome to Now Here's a Thing, the latest laid-back podcast crafted by me, Tracy Jones, and me, Heather Noble. Now, here's a thing. What do you reckon is the best skill to have in the event of an apocalypse and you survive? What do you think you might need to know? Where to find food and how to deal with living on your own. Yeah, well, let's stop at the food. I, okay. I, haven't, I haven't delved any deeper than okay. that. So I was just talking before I pressed record, and maybe I should have pressed record earlier, about a meal that I had last week on my birthday, which was a vegan meal, but it was mostly foraged. Okay. I enjoyed that. That wasn't going to be the topic of this conversation. Now, however, I noticed um, an article in Positive News said five free online courses <laughs> to upskill your autumn. Have you got the same article? And that's brilliant. I bet we're going to talk about different things though. Oh, I love how you think like. Well, I honed in on the first one. Yes. Cooking microbes and fungi. Okay. Yeah, no, that's not the one that Excellent. I Excellent. Thank goodness for that. So, because I saw that first one, number one, cook with microbes and fungi. And this is a free 14-week course from Harvard University. And that made me think, oh, cooking with microbes and fungi. That reminded me of the meal that mm-hmm. I had. So, I won't talk about the rest of that article. But if you want to do the... Harvard X, it's Food Fermentation, The Science of Cooking with Microbes. Um, that looked quite good and it's free and you can enrol from now, I think. Uh, anyway, so that got me thinking about foraging, you see. Okay. So the meal I had was at a lovely place called Foxglove in Barmouth in West Wales. And they only got about six tables. It was really small um, really um, pleasant. That I think it's a husband and wife couple. So the husband was in the kitchen, didn't see him. Um, the wife was front of house, and she just uh, was 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 lovely. She explained everything to us and where they'd all come from. What only one little thing that I would say that I was like, oh really? She said that little thing on your dish that looks like a maggot. It's not. Okay. <laughs> I think I said preferred you not to mention maggots. Maggot, anyway. what, yeah. Um, was it a set menu? Was it was a tasting menu. It, okay, was the same. eating the same thing. Lovely. So the way it worked was we turned up at 5.30 and there was another couple there at the same time. And then half an hour later, another two couples arrived. And half an hour later, another couple arrived. Okay. So it was spaced yeah. out a bit for them. And she, she brought that out. And really very, very nice. Beautifully done. Well presented. It felt like a very special evening. And they clearly did that so that they had time to be able to explain all the food to you yeah it was very relaxed in the end we rushed off um well for a start when we first booked it it said they need the table by seven so we got in our heads but we were going on to another event afterwards but it got to about quarter past seven and she was like not rushing us off and felt a bit rude to go because she was like you know very um hospitable anyway so foraging. So what were you actually Yes, yeah, so she, we, she was explaining things. And you know your eyes roll into the back of your head. You're like, what? So one dish, it had Alexander's in it. I said, oh, what's that? She said, well, you know that weed you see at the back of a car park? 
Okay. <laughs> and, but this, you know, sort of maybe there's a certain elegance that was lacking in the discussion, yes. but it was really engaging. Um, so Alexander's is a very common weed, and I did get some more information about it. But um, And then she mentioned about moss. Oh, yeah, just normal moss that you get on a rock. And she was at pains to say, you can't just eat these things as they are. Okay. So there's m- multiple um, steps that you have to take okay. to make these safe to eat which is an important to skill uh, skill to know post-apocalypse isn't it uh, don't yeah. just eat the moss heather yeah okay i hadn't even considered that i thought moss would be fairly inoffensive but i mean i'd be wary of mushrooms and toadstools but what about pine cones we ate pine cone what the actual cone it bit? didn't look like a pine cone so i'm assuming it was a seed from pine oh cone. yeah the bits the sure. seeds that fall out when they open the seeds come out don't yeah. they so yeah. they're like little kernels or something. I guess it was that. Okay. Yeah. There were lots of different interesting things. But can you just eat those or do they have to have something onto them? I've, I've made a note. I'll get onto that. Okay. I did go in look into some bit. Okay. Um, we had seaweed. We had um, different types of seaweed. I remember red dulse and then there was something else. And then there were lots of different foraged mushrooms. And she was talking about all the different places that she goes, specific places for foraging. Wow. It's quite a commitment, that, isn't it? Yeah, and I thought that. It's like, well, it was actually quite, looked like quite small dishes. Uh, there were f- five courses, um, four savoury, one one sweet. And they look very small, and you think, oh, they're just throwing that together. But something like the the weed or the moss, they, they'll have collected that and rinsed it several times, maybe boiled it, maybe processed it some other way into you know they fermented some things and mm. this whole process was like okay there's a lot involved mm. in that mm. so i hasten to i don't go rushing to eat moss off rocks okay <laughs> um okay just so you know um so i i went on to look at some other guidance on foraging so there was one website um about countryside let me see what it's called the cpre.org the countryside charity website and they had an article about foraging um talking about how obviously obviously it was how humans fed themselves before, um, we, had before we started McDonald's. farming yeah well we started to farm apparently in the stone age okay before that it would have been just um foraging um Apparently, they say it's one of the most fascinating, I can get that, and enjoyable, not so sure, hobbies there is. The whole family can get involved, that is true. And there's a few guidelines here that they give, and one being take just enough. So don't over pick, you know, so if don't take up the whole route leave the plant healthy enough, leave it with enough stuff, leave enough for birds and wildlife, so share the wild food. And know the legalities about picking. Are you on private land? Are you allowed to pick wildflowers? Did you know this? I didn't think you were allowed to pick wildflowers. For personal use and not commercial reasons, it's legal to pick wildflowers in the UK. As long as the plants aren't rare or endangered. So you'd have to know which ones Mm, were rare or endangered. Um, And also just saying partially pick a plant so that it can regenerate. Yeah, that makes sense. Another tip, pick the right patch. So um, 
stay away from private land. Avoid the edge of agricultural fields because they will have been treated with chemicals. Really good tip here. Watch out for popular dog walking routes. Mm, yes. Mm. Um, and be careful of the species as well. So if you aren't sure of a species, then don't pick it. Be 100% sure. Um, and what else? Oh, the other tip is just get started. There's loads of it around. Start with a dandelion. Okay. Because you can eat quite a lot of the dandelion. Even that horrible white milky stuff in the stem. The stuff that's supposed to make you pee the bed. Mm. I don't know. Um, but you can uh, you can eat the flower, can't you? You can eat the roots, you can eat the leaves. So presumably you can eat the... Mm. The stem doesn't look nice. It's a bit furry with that milky stuff in. Mm. And you mm. know when you pick dandelions, they sort of smell quite sour. Mm. Have you ever had dandelion tea no. or salad or pesto or jelly or wine apparently you can make a none of those no. dandelion. I feel you're not going to be a, a champion of foraging unless we have an apocalypse and then you'll just run and eat the moss and then and you don't have to worry about you anymore yeah, and... no it's not that it's it's it is have you ever foraged you you will have done you're from a country stock oh well i've picked blackberries that's foraging isn't yeah. it have um... you picked wild garlic I've never picked wild garlic, but I always intend to. There's a place not too far from here where it grows quite quite prolifically, but it is by the side of a road, and so I'm always a little bit nervous that it's just going to be covered in, um, well, dog mess, but also um, fumes from cars. Yeah, I feel like you need to go somewhere a little bit away. Well, there's a lovely National Trust. Church Castle has a fantastic bank of wild garlic, but I don't imagine you're allowed to pick it because it's on private property. But to make wild garlic pesto, I think, would be amazing. There's loads of woodlands around um, Wrexham where there's wild garlic. Mm. There's also quite a lot of dog walking routes mm. around there as mm. well. But we have picked wild garlic from um, one of those woodland areas. We've gone up the bank a little bit mm-hmm. in the hopes that a dog hasn't peed on it. And if you, what did you do? Just wilt it? And, uh, or yeah, did you what make did we pesto use? with it? No, I think we wilted it. and mm. might have. I think I... Oh, I can't remember what I did with it. We used it in the stew. Okay. Yeah. What about pine cones? So I I had to Google how to eat pine cones. Mm. They sound incredibly versatile. So one article I found says they can be eaten raw, but are better roasted or toasted. Encourage your collected pine cones to open and reveal their seeds. So clearly you're eating the seeds, not the woody bit. Um... By keeping them warm and dry. And when young, female pine cones are green and tightly closed. You can boil green pine cones in water to soften them and make them edible. So you can eat the whole eat thing. Eat the whole thing before it goes. Are we talking about pine nuts? A pine so nut size of a pine cone? I don't know. It didn't look like a pine nut to no. me. I've never put the two together. Yeah. Is a pine nut from a pine I cone? I don't know. I don't know. If you're looking to just eat the pine nuts, it says in this article, seek out young pine cones and cut them open to access the seeds. Okay. Yeah, so if you've got a young green female pine, I don't know how you know whether it's female or male, 
but you can boil it, soften it to make it edible. That that might be just a post-apocalyptic um, note for yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, can you eat the male one, the male ones? I mentioned the male ones. I suppose if it's got seeds in, it's probably female. But I don't know what... I don't know. <laughs> We've got little phalluses in the I've male no ones. I have no idea. I really don't know. There are more questions than answers here. There are lots more questions. So I then went up to look at this particular um, weed that she mentioned. She mentioned Alexander's. And it's also known as horse parsley. Okay. And you can pick the new shoots through winter and into spring. But the most reliable time to collect them is from February until they start to flower when they become tough and woody. I am now Googling horse parsley. The seeds can, can be dried and used like. as a spice, a bit like black pepper. And the leaves can be collected and used in a salad. The roots can be scrubbed, peeled and sliced and roasted like turnip. Oh, so they're like a tuber then? I guess so. It says here that the British um, have replaced it by celery. Okay. And it has been used as a, a, a medicinal treatment for asthma, me- menstrual problems and healing wounds. All round good sort of thing to have. It does get you back into that whole... Somebody must have eaten something and been very ill yeah. and said, don't eat that. Yeah. And then somebody must have eaten something and not been very ill and said, I think it's okay to eat that. But then how do you work out that you need to boil it ten I times don't know. before you can eat it? I don't Desperation? Know. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that is, it's quite a, it's quite a long process, isn't it? That somebody, see, so somebody boiled it once and was very ill and somebody went, ah, I reckon if we boil it twice. Yeah, let's try it twice. No, well, we need ten times. To we have to try it. <laughs> okay, so what about moss? I, I yeah, I just I found a couple seen... of articles. One article went, don't eat it raw. <laughs> Another one went, for the most part, moss is edible. I'm not sure I like the most part. Yeah, because it's always like... It is unlikely to be the tastiest meal you've ever had. Okay. But if the conditions do call for it and you find yourself in an emergency situation, post-apocalypse... Starving, you mean? Then moss can certainly sustain you for a little bit longer until you get a proper meal. However, now this is a useful tip... It holds water, so if you're desperate for water, squeeze some moss and hold it above your face and you'll squeeze some water into your face and that's okay. It's just holding water. That feels a bit safer than taking the risk of eating the wrong type of moss. But apparently um, moss has got health benefits. It contains polysaccharides, the most abundant carbohydrate found in food. And it's the same sugar molecules in oats and cereal. However, there are 12,000 different species of moss and the majority are completely harmless and edible to humans. Again, the word majority, slightly worrying. Uh, Moss and lichen make up a substantial part of the diet in the Arctic. Really? Apparently so. It says, in general, your concern should be directed to the potential insects, bacteria, dirt and other undesirable debris hiding inside it. Right. Okay. Not so much the moss as the bugs in it. 
So it, it reckons here with um, reindeer moss, apparently it's quite common in Canada. <laughs> it's, um, and it's found on a thin layer of soil on top of rocks. Uh, reindeer moss. Can eat it raw, however it can upset your stomach. And locals generally boil the moss until it is soft. So what I had, the moss I had, had been washed quite a bit, apparently, um, and treated with bicarb. And then it was like it was like it was deep fried. I'm not sure it was. It was very dry. You know, a little bit like um, crispy seaweedy type thing. Yeah. Okay. But. Uh, it was nice. It wasn't unpleasant. I didn't have a tummy ache. Did the lady tell you how they came to be doing all of this? No, I needed more time with her. Mm. But she was from Rome as well. So I also wanted to know why she ended up foraging food and, and cooking it in Barmouth. Yeah. Because as we said, it is a hell of a time commitment. If you're feeding 12 people... Every night, yeah. Unless they're only open one day a week, and you're going foraging, but then you've got to ferment some of it. You've got Cook to soak it. some of it. You've yeah. got to boil it. Oh, the the other thing that I told you about before we started recording that I should mention that I, I think I might do. I'm not, I'm probably not going to do the moss. Fairly certain I'm not going to do pine cones, and whenever I've done anything with seaweed, I've never liked it. But tapioca crisps. They were nice. That, yeah, they do sound nice. She did two different types. One was flavoured with beetroot and one was flavoured with um, broth and then puccini mushroom powder. So the, the beetroot ones, you'd mix the tapioca, you cook the tapioca, rehydrate yeah. it um, with some beetroot in it so you get the flavouring from that. But then you um, make it into a thin layer and dehydrate it. And then... Once, once it's dehydrated, you deep fry it and then you put some beetroot powder on it for some more flavour. And the same with the mushroomy, brothy one. Mm-hmm. You mix in the mushroomy flavour with it and then put puccini powder on after you've deep fried it. I don't know where you buy beetroot powder from. I imagine they make that themselves. Do you know what? I bet you can buy it, but I do wonder. Maybe mm. they made their own beetroot powder too. Incredible. It's fascinating, yeah. isn't it? I wonder, did they start life by doing this free online course where you I could learn yes. about so, let's get fermenting to where we both started yeah, this which week. is bonkers. Um, I mean, it's not that bonkers. We, we both, both like positive, positive news, news, don't we? Yeah. Um, but so, what did you latch on to? Well, I ventured. I skipped over number one. Um, although you I, weren't going to eat microbes and fungi, it just didn't appeal to me. But the course that did appeal to me, and I have signed up for but whether I will manage to complete it all is it's an eight week course I can upgrade and pay for a certificate if I want to but I'm not doing that do you think you need the certificate? no it's $200 bear with me I'm just opening a bottle of pop okay there we go that's not very dramatic it wasn't it wasn't like champagne or anything Um, so this course again is run by EDX which was set up by Harvard University and Massachusetts Institute of Technology. So it was a combined thing. Um, And this course um, is about the science of happiness. Oh, excellent. And what it is that makes us happy. 
Um, eating good food. Eating good food. Made good by company. somebody else. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and what they're actually doing, before you do the course, they ask you to fill in a pre-course questionnaire. Yeah. And essentially, that's the trade-off, that they want to capture information about what makes you happy okay and then so you're studying it but also contributing to the research to their research that's, yes that's good I yeah. like that win-win so um so yeah so they start off with a, a questionnaire uh, and then you watch a number of videos um articles and then you have little modules little questionnaires um and it yeah it just captured my my imagination because did, did you fill in the questionnaire I haven't done it yet, okay. no. But because I thought before I talk about it, I need to have a look to see whether this is actually a thing. That's when I learned that you could actually up- upgrade. Um, and they all seem to be launching today. The article was in Positive News on the 6th of November, I think. But most of the courses seem to be available from t- today, which is the 15th, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, the one I saw was available from the 14th. Right, OK. So it's they're very topical but essentially it um yeah it looks at what makes you happy um it i'm just trying to find the content that i've just now lost somehow um that's my how i've progressed tech doesn't make you happy does it tech does not make me happy let's just go back um yeah so the pre-course survey um is about does learning about the foundations and practical insights into human happiness make a difference to people's lives? Um, we're studying this question and invite your input. Oh. Uh, the pre-course survey includes a series of questions drawn from research validated measures of themes that are relevant to this course, such as happiness. A key goal for our research is understanding the impact that this course can have on people. So you'll do... A questionnaire at the end, again, okay. on your understanding of, of That's good, of isn't happiness. it? So they're actually applying that to the research. They get their results as you carry out. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. Well, it's quite, it is quite nice to know that you're contributing to something um, and that you might benefit from it. I think happiness is a thing that's everywhere at the moment. You have happiness coaches and mm. it, it's it's a really difficult thing to measure, isn't it? Because how do you define it? How do you define it? And in this it, moment am I happy? Ephemeral, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good word I like that word. Yeah. It could in this moment I could be very happy, but but long term. But in a yeah, yeah but, but outside of this one thing I could be quite unhappy. Mm. So I think um, learning about what what things could make you happy. So it's based around psychology and neuroscience. Mm. Um, and just that whole idea that if knowing more about what happiness is and how you might be happy will make you happier, that's quite a thing, isn't it? It but it could also depress you. Because it could also... Oh, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I realise now I'm not happy. Yeah, I thought I was happy. So imagine if the pre-survey 
um, was good. It's good. And, and then by the end, end of it, you go, yeah. oh, no. So we could all be guinea pigs for something where we all end up in the depths of depression because we've learned that actually... Do you think the researchers might be a little taken aback by that result? What? what? The fact that they are basing it on some previous stuff. Okay. I'm hoping. Okay. I'm hoping that... Um, and is that there a... Have you, have you looked into... Is there a shed... Do you have to do it to a timetable? Uh, it, it expires... Let's have a look at the dates. It expires in January or something. Okay. I think they're talking about a number of hours a week. So, yeah, and you do a weekly check-in. Um, so they are actually trying to, you know... Yeah. They're giving it you for free, but, but you have do got want to, you to do yeah, it. Yeah, you've well. got to do some stuff. Um, and it ends, where are we? The course ends at the 24th of January. There is an exam on the 31st Ooh. of January. Um, if you want to then upgrade to get the certificate, you've got until August of next year. Okay. So. Watch this space. I am going to endeavour to find out what makes you happy. To do it, yeah. Yeah. Can't find the schedule. I think it's because I've gone... I think I've gone too far into the course to be able to go back and see the bit that's trying to sell me. But But I think it talks... Here we go. The Science of Happiness. Uh, that was number two on the list, wasn't it? So I took number one. Yeah, yes. And you took number two. There we go. Introduction to the Science of Happiness. The Power of Social Connection. Compassion and Kindness. Cooperation and Reconciliation. Mindfulness. Mental Habits of Happiness. Gratitude. New Frontiers and Happiness Fit. And then a final exam. Um, wrap up and reflection so yeah excellent I, I, it makes me happy that we were both looking at the same article for our inspiration yes yeah and that probably I don't know if I'd because the others obviously the foraging one one that I did look at oh there's one power up your learning skills so if you're interested in learning more about how to learn um that, that could be quite interesting. That's just 15 hours. There's a play your first chords. So this is um, people who want to um, play guitar. Okay. Um, and then the last one that I did look at, become a global citizen. This is a Bristol University course. And it looks at um, the fact that the whole world faces great challenges. Yeah. And some of the... Some of the things that we might take on board if we want to become global citizens. And it talks, as you would expect, at some point in um, diversity, religion, inclusivity, etc. It seems hard to consider being a global citizen post-Brexit, doesn't it? Because I feel like we've, we've had our wings clipped. Yes, absolutely, totally. However, it does talk a little bit about... Um, Peace and conflict and, you know, why we are where we are with yeah. certain things. Um, how societies form, you know, nations and nationalism. Um, so it's a, a mig- migration, you know, why yeah. people um, why people move, why people have moved. 
So I think it's also talking about understanding what, yeah, where value. we've come from. Yeah. And then in that, maybe we become a bit more um, accepting. So we, we, we learn more about the readers of Positive News from the five courses they picked, really, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And the guitar one... Foraging, yeah. Happiness, Guitars, yeah. Global Citizens. What's the other one? Um, the, sorry, How to Learn. How to Learn, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm okay with that profile. Play music, eat food grow food, eat food, forage food, whatever. Yeah. Be happy. Yeah. Be a good person. Learn and be good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. Now Here's a Thing is a Jones and Noble production brought to you every week. Well, maybe not every week, Heather. <laughs> Recorded with an iPhone, a microphone and lots of hot air. Mm.